Well, it's Monday night, and that means it's time for another Steel Target Paint podcast. I'm Jeff Jones, and always with me is my buddy Steve Foster. Steve, how you doing today? Good, Jeff. What's going on? Not much. You know, uh, had a busy day today at work and then did some loading and uh, got to the range and shot about six different guns, and so it was a good day for me. How about you? You been doing any shooting lately? You know, Jeff, I did some uh, practicing yesterday, and tonight it got uh, a little bit dark out, a little bit early, so I went down to the... Hey, Jeff, did you know that I have a home range? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, you know what's great? My buddy Frank came over uh, last weekend, and, uh, you know, 15,000 lumens wasn't enough, so we hooked up to individual 15,000 lumen lights, put them on a light switch, and, man, it is beautiful rock and roll now, man. So you need yeah, your Hunter's HD Gold at night to keep down the glare from these lights lighting up your home range at night so you can shoot all night and bother the neighbors, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's one of those things. It's kind of like when you were in uh, high school way back when, Jeff, and you'd, you you watched a football game underneath the lights or you played underneath the lights. Man, it just gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Well, Steve, we have got somebody that everyone who listens to this podcast has at least heard the name. I was lucky enough to meet him at the uh, U.S. Steel match uh, and had a great time there. And he has got one of the most ingenious inventions that I've seen lately for our sport. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? I'm thinking about that Mac Daddy golf cart he tricked out that says Pippin <laughs> Custom Gunworks on. I need one of those, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty hot as well. I know exactly what you're talking about. I put it in my hands back in, what was it, at the South Carolina State match with Brian with Hunter's HD Gold. He had one. It's this beautiful Browning Custom Buckmark rifle, and, man, it, it is sweet. It is I sweet. I got to shoot. I shot Brian's at the uh, Area 6 match. Um, the, the Glock guys were there with a little uh, demo range, and he was set up right next to it, and he had the gun and a mag and some ammo, and I'm like, oh, bring it over here. And, uh, and the Glock guy was cool, and he let me rip some on the steel. And if you all haven't figured it out yet, today on the podcast, we've got the one, the only, Billy Striplin. Billy, how you doing today? I'm making it, man. How about you guys? Good. I'm having a good one. Hey, hey, Jeff, I've got a secret. Yeah. About the Buckmark rifle. Yeah. Did you know that Grant Kunkel is only a B-class shooter, and then the rifle makes it a world-class <laughs> shooter? Yeah, I just figured I'd, I'd share that piece of trivia for you. So you can, you with this this rifle, you can buy your game. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I wish that was true. I, I would really be booked up on them and, for the next 10 years. But, uh, but no, uh, you know, there's nothing going to replace uh, trigger time. But And uh, Grant definitely puts the time in there. Yeah, for sure. Great, great young man, for sure. So, Billy, right. what got you started I mean, you've got a little bio on your on your uh, the Stripling Custom Guns website, but why don't you tell our our uh, listening community what got you started in what you do for our sport in supplying parts and now 
well, you're not building the guns. You're, you're modifying a gun, modifying a pistol to a rifle. What got you going? Well, you know, uh, basically, uh, a long time ago when I had extra time, I liked to shoot <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and there was just, a. uh, you know, I had some ideas for some parts that I thought would uh, to, that would make us make a difference, give me a competitive advantage because uh, there was a lot of guys coming in from out of out of state and stuff, and was just really whooping my butt. Uh, you know, guys like Dwight Stearns and uh, Dennis Green and and that whole group. You know, it was just kind of embarrassing. They just show up and put a thumping on me, and uh, <laughs> so I started looking for for ways to make it better. So, um, you know, at the time, you know, Rimfire was really kind of starting to uh, really just starting to kick off, uh, which about the time it did kick off, we had the big ammo shortage that uh, that stunted it a little bit. But now that the ammo's back, it's, uh, it's really growing fast. But um, I was just decided that I wanted to make a, um, make a few parts basically for myself. But, um, but doing that on a manual machine was... Uh, not really uh conductive so uh, so i ended up i went out and actually went to college and took some classes and learned how to to design parts and decided that i was just going to start making some and it kind of kind of took off from there so are you a classically trained machinist or do, did you get this uh training from school well, to the machining part of it, you know, I had, I've been a uh, custom gunsmith for about 20, 20, 25 years, but everything I'd always done in those manual machines. As far as, you know, I had some machine knowledge, but whenever I went and bought my machine and put it in my shop, I had never actually seen a CNC machine run before. Okay. So it was so, uh, so thank a lot of cold, cold start there, huh? And that's cool. Oh, you yeah, know, I still have a whole box of broken bits where I was learning. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Billy, what was the first, very first part that you made? And let's go, you know, let's carry the conversation where you're at in terms of, you know, now you've got some automated machines or concepts and, and what was the first part that you made? Uh, the first part I actually produced was a slide racker for the Browning Buckmark. Cool. Is it, and, the, same uh, one that, is, is it the same one you sell today? It, it's very similar. It was it had a little wider profile and stuff on it. And and I'll tell you how this kind of started. Uh, I had this idea for it, but uh, cutting it out on a manual machine just wasn't anything that I had time to do. So uh, So I had a friend of mine just cut me out a whole bunch on a water jet machine. And I actually built a fixture and used a hand router to bevel all the edges and put the holes and everything else in it to make it work. And uh, and if I was lucky, one out of five, I could I could get good enough to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing uh, so, stories like this because everybody thinks these guys, uh, you know, just like come onto the market and they've just got all this expertise and. And Billy's so down to earth, he's willing to admit that, you know, he's got the broken bits and the parts that don't fit or weren't, weren't good enough to sell. That's, uh, that's pretty cool to hear that, Billy. Well, <laughs> I, I think probably everybody has those same stories, you know, but uh, um, it, it's definitely been a, it's been a long road and many, many hours. And, and now I, I'm, you know, 
most of the time when I put a piece of metal on a machine, I can get a good product out of it most of the time. But uh, there's still things that happen. I, I'm looking to upgrade my machinery now and expand my shop but, and uh, hopefully can get some of these lead times down and uh, have a little better uh, service on the shipping side. So the racker was your first uh, part, and I'm assuming uh, you shot a buck mark, so that was for your gun, correct? That is correct, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, how many years ago was that? Uh, I'm going to say that was probably about seven, eight years ago. So seven, eight, about years. eight years ago. And, and mm -hmm. how many parts are you actively carrying now uh, for the community? I believe uh, right at 30. 30 different parts. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And they're not yeah. all for, are they all for the buck mark or do you, have you branched out into some of the other uh, manufacturers? No, I, I, I make parts for victory Ruger. Uh, or Smith and Wesson Ruger uh, for the 1022, the Browning Buckmark. Um, uh, off the top of my head, that's that's the main ones, uh, the Mark Fours, the Mark Threes. Uh, basically, just some just some smaller parts for them, thumb rests most generally, uh, and some uh, 90 degree Seymour mounts. Uh, I've always uh, felt, and I still feel that. Uh, that 90 degree mount getting that dot low is a, is a huge advantage for a shooter. I know for me personally, when I went from an upright dot to the 90 degree mount, I shaved off seconds. I mean, probably almost minutes off my time immediately. Wow. Another, another, so, uh, uh, billing for, uh, you know, you can buy your game, Steve. <laughs> hey, you well, know, it's Grant, Grant's pistol, that, that Seymour, it's sideways. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Billy, that it is. Yes, it is. Billy, what's your most popular part that you sell? Probably uh, it's going to be between the Eliminator guide rod that I built for the Buckmark and the uh, Ruger Mark IV thumb rest. Gotcha. Both of those are, are really good sellers, um, and and the slide rackers still sell sell fairly well. Um, the thing was, uh, I think it was Guns and Ammo did a uh, somebody had had a buck mark and was just uh, really having a hard time cocking it, and um, he had contacted Guns and Ammo in their little question and answer section. And they uh, they made one little ad, you know, answer said, "Well, this guy, uh, he he makes a slide racker for it." And from that, those those uh, those slide rackers have just been um, uh, really really popular, uh, not only for the competitive shooters, but for the uh, elderly people who have who have you know the way they tell me is that that they've had that gun for years and just haven't been able to shoot it because they couldn't cock it and. And that slide record has put their enjoyment back into shooting. So, yeah, you know, you, little stories like that. I think you make a great point, Billy. It's just not for competition shooters with the slide rackers. I was recently mm -hmm. doing some training at my, at my house here, and I had um, a lady that was, you know, she was probably mid-50s, and it wasn't that she couldn't rack the gun. It was just very, very cum cumbersome, and as soon as I – I let mm -hmm. her uh, hold a gun that had a slide racker. It was a it was a game changer, and also with the the yeah. light guns that are out there. I know you make some uh, custom barrels for. I've seen Chili's uh, 
Victory that's got a custom carbon fiber barrel that looks smooth. But, you know, with the lighter guns that are coming out now, it really appeals to some of the youth shooters, and it's not so daunting for them to, you know, hold on, hold up a three-pound gun, and and they can really enjoy the sport mm -hmm. at at a younger age. That's that's really cool. Let let well, me ask you. you. Let me ask you a little bit more about. Can you talk a little bit more about? the Buckmark guide rod, because I think that's really a hidden gem. It sounds like you're selling quite a few of them, but man, that thing's a game changer. Can you talk through uh, where this guide rod came from, where the concept came from? Well, the, well, the thing the thing on that guide rod is, is, you know, I've had the idea to make it for about five years, but uh, I just hadn't had the time to actually sit down and develop it. But uh, the thing on that guide rod is the, the factory Browning guide rods has this, really really cheap little c-clip on the end of it that uh you know half the time when you pull your gun apart the thing will pop off and when it does you're not going to find it i mean it, it's just tiny that's, and, that's never happened to me billy yeah it sounds like every spring and <laughs> yeah. many of the guns that i've taken apart happens uh, uh yeah. Yeah. i had one get this uh just a little sidebar uh cleaning my ruger mags took the base off and mm -hmm. Launch the spring. I, I don't know where it went. It's gone. <laughs> Luckily, I have others though. So, <laughs> well, they uh, the, the thing is, if it's a spring, there's a good chance you can find it. But when it's a when it's a C clip about the size of a pencil lead, chances are you're not going to find it. If it was like if it was stuck to your glasses, you couldn't find it. It's a small one. And and while you could put the gun back together without it, it was a really real headache, and it caused some reliability issues. It'll it it caused the spring and the buffer to bunch up funny, and the and the gun wouldn't fully cycle without them a, a lot of times. So anyway, uh, so I finally got that one out, and, and uh, I also put a little hole in it, make it easier to take the gun down and clean because. Well, you know, everybody used to really talk about the uh, the Ruger Mark III's being hard to take apart and stuff. Once you got the hang of them, it wasn't that bad. The Browning has always been a pain in the butt, and it, <laughs> it, it, it probably always will be, but at least that guide rod kind of helps the situation a little bit. keeps you from getting your fingers pinched anyway. So we're going to talk about this amazing rifle in a minute, but... Are there any future parts coming out you might want to drop a hint on this podcast or, or ones you've been thinking about or, you know, can we, can we get the inside scoop? You know, that's what we're here for, the inside scoop. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've got a lot of ideas and I've got some stuff that's been on my desk for way too long that uh that i've just haven't had the machine time to go out and uh, finish developing the part and put the proper testing on it i still have some of my team shooters that hit me up about every two weeks hey where's this at where's this at and i just <laughs> i just haven't i hadn't been able to get it out there and and uh maybe when like I say when i add another machine it'll it'll uh, free up some machine time and and i can get that stuff out but um, but right now I don't really have that much, uh, new coming out. Hey Jeff. Yeah. I was sworn to secrecy over a nice big fat ribeye. He's got a great idea that, uh, hopefully it makes it into production and it's going to be, it's going to be a game changer for the industry. So 
I told Billy that I wouldn't say a word, but man, there's going to be some cool things coming out of uh, Stripling Custom Gunworks for sure. Very well, cool. Very cool. Well, unfortunately, when it comes to steak, I, I seldom remember what we talk about. But, <laughs> but if, it was the, <laughs> if, if it was the part for the 1022, I, I would say, yes, it's going to be above and beyond. <laughs> That'd be the one. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, yeah. Uh, quick story. So <laughs> for the U.S. steel shoot, Billy stayed over at my house uh, right right at the end of my workshop. I've got a RV hookup, and, you know, he brought the trailer over in the cool custom uh, golf cart, and Grant and his dad ran over here. So it was, it was pretty cool. So one of those nights, Billy cooked up some big – I mean, he's like, hey, you want steak? And I'm like, man, each steak was like a 24-ounce. And oh, then the geez. baked potatoes. I'm, did you go to Iowa to get these baked or Idaho to get these baked potatoes? <laughs> baked potatoes are like three and a half pounds. But anyway, I got into a food coma too. But uh, I think John Hillsmeyer got into a food coma. That's a story for another time, isn't it, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I always say if you're going to do it, do it right. That's right. No messing around. <laughs> too funny. So I got a quick one here. I was, I was uh, slacking on social media here this past weekend and uh, Jeff Chafin, he's the match Jeff uh, director for the Lone Star Rimfire Challenge, him and Kurt. And he put an interesting post out there. He said that they had 143 total shooters. I think 141 of them for stripling custom gun works, but uh <laughs> But 101 of them were youth, junior, senior, or super senior. So that was really, really cool. Billy, can you uh, talk us through a little bit about that match? And you guys had, man, you took home a lot of hardware. Well, yeah, the, the team did really good. But I tell you, Jeff and Jeff and the crew down there, they did a fantastic job putting that match on. Um, and <laughs> I hate to admit it, but it's the first, you know, after – Halfway through that match, I was like, man, I should have shot this, you know. It's the first <laughs> time I've been to a match in a long time that just really made me want to be a part of it. But what they did that was uh, really, really phenomenal was the amount of youth shooters they brought in that uh, that had really never shot this type of match before. Uh, I mean, everywhere you look, there was kids shooting and, uh, you know, young kids, teenage kids, and Man, they did an amazing job on that, on bringing that many in, and uh, and they were all really good, uh, you know, well-behaved kids as we always see in our sport. But they, uh, but some of them definitely got some potential. Man, there's some. They're gonna if they if they uh, continue to develop, they're going to be fantastic shooters. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So let's let's talk a little bit about your shooting team. When and why did that? that whole concept come about well uh you know I, i'll be i sat down and i started thinking about it and i and I, I i was thinking well i need to advertise and uh and i was checking on prices and magazines and what it was going to cost me to do it and and i kind of got to thinking about the target audience thing and i thought you know what there's a lot of great people out there um, and, uh, I believe my, you know, outside of my family, the first team member was Justin Childress and, uh, Justin, you know, he's like, Hey man, I'd love to represent your company, you know? And I said, you know what, let's just do it. And I said, I'll just, 
forgo putting mag- ads in magazines or anything else, and I'll put all the advertising dollars I can beg, scrape, and borrow and put it into to doing a team. And, and I can tell you that the people that, that have approached me and have joined the team, I mean, they're all just way better than I deserve. They're just really, really great people, and I'm very fortunate to have them. But um, even I John, guess I've had to I mean, team. come on. Even Hillsmeyer? Yeah. Yeah, when you can keep him from selling other people's cars and eating nachos, he does pretty good. (laughs) He will find Bigfoot, I've heard. He's still looking. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Every time I go past a tree now, I'm looking for John. I figure he's talking around somewhere. John, you know we're kidding. We love you, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but Billy, they, we, they are all good. <clears throat> we, we talked about this um, the last time we were together. I think you have assembled just an absolutely amazing, amazing team. You've got some, you know, some of the best uh, best rimfire shooters in, in the country, maybe even in the world. But I, I would say anybody wearing a Stripling Custom Gunworks jersey is top-notch. You got Ben and Chili over in that area of the country. You got April Janet, Big Al. I guess he kind of came as baggage with April and Janet. You can tell Big Al that I said that. But you've got, you've yeah. got, you've got. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to be honest with you about Big Al. He promised me a fishing trip. That's how he got in there. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> That's all it took, right? Hey. Yeah. yeah. He, he said, you want to go fishing? I said, yeah. And he said, can I be on your team? And I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and, uh, me and the TK Supervan Mike Baker were always kidding around because it seems like there, I don't know, it was probably a year or so ago, me and Mike Baker were at a match. I can't even remember where it was. It was maybe it was a year and a half ago. I, it was funny. You were – it was the last match at Cavern Cove. So I guess that would have been the 2017 World NSF match, you know, we were kind of, he's like, you know, Michael's like, oh my God, Billy's got all these great folks and blah, 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 blah. And you were walking over, I don't know whose jersey you were given to. I think it was Ben over in North Carolina. And Mike Baker looks at me, he's like, what does that Billy do? Keep a bunch of jerseys in the trunk and finds anybody with a good score and starts throwing them at him. So, but it's, it's kind of, go ahead. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is, uh, I, I, when I'm picking people for, to be on the team, I almost never look at shooting performance. I, you know, I, I look for personality and, uh, you know, people who are going to be rep, good representatives of the, uh, of the sport, good representatives of my company and good, good representatives of gun, gun ownership, you know? And, uh, so the finding that is it's truly, it's kind of rare. But when you when you come across people that can shoot like the people on my team do, ah, that's just unheard of. I'm just really really proud of them and 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 the way they've represented me. So, but you know, I wish I could put a jersey on everybody out there. I just I just can't afford to. Well, you've definitely assembled you. one heck I of a team. Uh, we know a lot of them. We see them around. Um, I was fortunate enough to to shoot uh, with Grant and to uh, RO Grant at the U.S. Steel match, and, and that is one fine young man. Um, of course, you know, he didn't get tired because, you know, you had that wonderful uh, golf cart, you know, carrying all his stuff for him. So, you know, I mean, that, that was a plus. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you know, I'll tell you the story on the golf cart. I was thinking, well, let's see. How can I be lazy and get a tax write-off? <laughs> so, 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 I thought, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> we'll just make a mobile banner. And this is why we love you, Billy. That was awesome. <laughs> Jeff, we're, we're kidding about the golf cart, man. I got the best of, I got the best of Grant at the Georgia match. Uh -oh. And you know what he didn't have? He didn't have the golf cart. There you go. <laughs> so, so, I said, so I came home to my wife after the U.S. Steel Show. I said, honey, we got to get a golf cart. <laughs> you got to have a place to well, put I your think... diva fan, Steve. You that, know, oh, yeah. You... <laughs> I saw the video of the new one you're getting. You're going to need to get a big cart. <laughs> yeah, we hooked up power out there. We're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I'll tell you what, though. You know, uh, other than, you know, the team getting to use it whenever they want and, and me riding around on it and feeling like I'm somebody, you know, uh, it's nice to be able to help some of the people, you know, uh, that maybe have a little bit of walking impairment and stuff and giving them a ride to their cars and, uh, you know, to the restroom or to lunch, whatever. Um, I, you know, I, I really feel that is a, the biggest benefit of it is just being able to help people out. Sure. Very nice. Very nice. So we've talked a lot about it already, but let's get into the, the nuts and bolts and the nitty-gritty. Tell us about this modification that turns a buckmark pistol into a rifle. Well, uh, to begin with, I start with a buckmark rifle. You know, okay. It, it, is an, it is an existing gun. Okay. Uh, and, and they're just great little shooting guns. They, they – uh, just even from the factory, they're they're tack drivers. They're 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 handy. They're they're quick handling. Um, but what what I wanted to do was to develop a gun that that would fit anybody ergonomically. I wanted full adjustability. I wanted lightweight. Of course, I wanted uh, something that was really fast handling. And um, that gun, you know, because of the lighter bolt that it has and the and the way the bolt strokes, it, it just doesn't have a lot of uh, recoil impulse. It shoots really smooth. Uh, so I just lightened it up and started figuring out ways to make it adjustable, and uh, that's that's what I came up with. And so then I got to thinking, man, nobody's going to pay this kind of money for a gun. And uh, so I thought, well, let's just make this gun so it can shoot two classes to make it, uh, uh, you know, uh, more cost uh, appropriative appropriative but so what what i've done is uh i have uh, d developed the sights and the uh, and the red dot that comes on a quick detach mount so that a person can uh shoot both classes they can shoot open and limited with the same rifle and the uh the added advantage to just having one rifle is that uh Whenever you're practicing with one, you know, you're using the exact same ergonomics, exact same trigger, same weight of gun. And so when you're practicing w with one class, you're essentially practicing for both classes because the only thing that changes is the red dot. And, um, and since it's exactly co-witness, um, you know, if you look through that red dot with your, with your iron sights flipped up, that, those dots, all three of those dots are going to line up just perfect. I mean, there's there's no difference in them. So uh, that 
that to me gives someone an advantage because uh you know like I say every time you're shooting it you're you're practicing for the other class um when uh when the average person's shooting open and limited well they go up there with their open rifle and they shoot the open class and then they put it in the case and they pick up a totally different rifle and as as close as you want to build those guns there's things that's going to change between two rifles but with this rifle you flip a side off, you flip two sides up, and you're you're right back to shooting. Same gun, same ergonomic, same everything. Steve, I got to share a funny story at the U.S. Steel, and I'd seen this gun, and it was beautiful, but I did not realize at the time that it was set up to be able to run open or iron sights. So uh, I'm ROing, and and Grant walks up to the line, and he shoots it in open. And he comes back with the same gun. And I'm like literally about to go, Grant, you need to take the sight. And then the next thing he's just like, whip, 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 dip, and the sight's off. And he goes up there and he crushes it and limited and then puts the sight back on and puts it back in the bag and he was gone. <laughs> and I was like, no, that was cool. I'd never, I mean, I shoot a classic, you know, old school Seymour. It's, you know, tighten down the Picatinny rail. So uh, the uh, <clears throat> the quick release is pretty darn cool. And the hollow sun is not a bad uh, optic either. No, the, the hollow sun is, is not a bad optic, but you can also shoot uh, uh, Vortex sights with, uh, or just about any sight with the, with the standard AR uh, quick release riser. Nice. So, um, you know, uh, uh, Grant has uh, recently accepted a sponsorship from Vortex, so you'll see him. He, he's shooting Vortex sights on his uh, rifle now. Cool, sweet. So, Billy, what um, did you end up? What did you end up doing to the uh, to the barrel? Because that's definitely not a factory barrel. At least it didn't feel like it was. It was when you pick up the gun. the The weight is more towards the center of your body, or more towards. Um, you know, more towards your, your shoulder, and it's completely light out front. What did you do to the barrel? Well, what basically what I'm doing is I'm turning them down and putting a, a, a vented carbon fiber sleeve over them and, and building a tension barrel out of them. Gotcha. And, uh, and, and um, you know, the main basis for it is to uh, make it lighter, but uh, also uh, it, I have seen some accuracy improvements over the factory barrels after doing that. I guess it, uh, in the end, makes them a little more rigid. But um, but uh, just it. Besides that, it looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really wrong does. with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but but it, but it is. It's the fact. It's the factory barrel. I'm just cutting the weight down to to less than half the original weight. But when when the whole gun is finished with uh, with no sights on it, it is just under four pounds. You add the sights, and you're up to about four point eight pounds. And, and like I said earlier, the crazy part about it is maybe it is a touch heavier than some of the other guns that are out there that are you know deemed as super light. But the weight is all in the right places with that weight closer to your body. You know, I shot the gun mm -hmm. and it is it handles exceptionally. And the other thing that I would say is is that Billy talked a little bit about it, and I think Jeff, you talked a little bit about it, is the way that it was built to customize it to the shooter. You know, maybe there's some stocks out there that I'm 
that I'm not aware of, but that is the first stock that is so adjustable, you know, because I've got a, a, a chubby little face compared to, to Grant's baby face, and so it was just a little bit out of alignment, but the riser goes up and down. I mean, like the pole's adjustable. I mean, it is, it's a well-thought-out, well-engineered uh, rifle. Congratulations on that. Oh, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, tell well, me the bad news. How far are you out on these, Billy? I know that there's been a lot of people ordering them. I think I'm number 11 or 12 or 15. I can't remember, but <laughs> how far are you out on these bad boys? Well, if the the next person that orders one will be, I'll be telling them it'll be a, a 2021 delivery date. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Yep. They're, uh, they're, like I say, they're time-consuming, but on the other hand, you know, I, I'm not one to take shortcuts. It's going to be right or it's not going to leave. So. Well, you know you're going to so get quality, been, and that's what counts. Yeah. So, so Billy, I want to – I, I okay, personally want to thank you. Um, you know, you are an avid uh, supporter of the sport. You've got the team, you know, uh, showing up at the matches um, and, you know uh, – we talked online. We finally got to meet at uh, U.S. Steel, which was great. Um, you know, struck up, you know, a, a, a friendship there and appreciate you being on the podcast. I personally want to thank you because I asked and you accepted and you're going to be a stage sponsor at the West Florida Steel Challenge Championships. And so um, for all those that are uh, going to be able to come down to Florida in July and make that match, um, there will be a stage sponsored by Stripling Custom Guns. And, uh, and I just want to say thank you because it's support like that that uh, makes the matches um, more exciting for the, for the shooters. Um, I personally believe that most shooters are going to come to a match because they want to shoot. But when you can get a sponsor able to uh, give something back to the shooting community. Um, it just makes it even better. So thank you very much for that. No, you're very welcome. I wish I could do more. And, you know, to, to that point, Jeff, I mean, you know, I reached out to Billy about the, I was helping Glenn Lever with the 2019 Georgia state steel challenge match, uh, hosted here at the Griffin gun club. And, you know, Billy certainly sponsored that match as well. And, you know, one of the things that, about Billy Striplin and, and the folks that uh, work for him and that he represents. I mean, you're talking some of the best people in the industry. You know, I've seen, you know, I've traveled the country and, and been to various matches and, you know, Billy is not the biggest shop in town, but you know what? The customer service is exceptional. He sponsors uh, a ton of matches and we know as a small business owner, how uh, challenging that is. And also how challenging it is to, to say no, and so uh, it's it's both noted, respected, and appreciated, Billy, for sure. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, what other gunsmithing um, uh, guns and that type of stuff do you? What's in your wheelhouse? What do you like working on? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I love to build new guns, and I love to develop new products. I mean, you know, uh, uh, getting everything tuned in and, and designed and uh, getting it, uh, you know, repeatable in manufacturing and all that, that that's the stuff that uh, it really, uh, you know, rings my bell. Uh, 
the the problem is is once all that's done then i just got to sit there and watch it run and and i'm not very good at that but i I do a lot of (laughs) i do a lot of tuning for um for for about for for many shooters many shooters send me their their guns to tune them up because you know they're having um you know having some reliability issues and all that and and you know ruger makes great rifles tactical solutions volkortsen all of them you know they make phenomenal rifles but um you know they build their rifles uh to to, to be accurate they build them to be um you know to be top quality and and everything else but the, but there's there's things that can be done to them while you know in a in a custom shop that uh that just really smooths them out and helps the reliability of them so um uh I, i've been pretty successful with helping a lot of people with um that's having some reliability issues in the, the 1022s and Ruger mark fours and and browning buck marks of of getting them getting them reliable because uh reliability is 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 extremely important and and i say that like everybody says well duh but it's not just that that one malfunction at that one stage because you know you get that 20 second run it's going to get thrown out but what it does to your confidence while you're shooting that's going to stay with you throughout the match if you're worried whether your gun's going to go bang every time you pull the trigger so it, it is it's very very important for people to spend the time to uh, to maintain their guns and do everything they can, um, you know, shoot the right ammunition, um, you know, keep the keep the bore and the chamber clean as well as the gun lubricated, so that it does go bang every time. And when you walk up to that um, stage, you're not worried about whether the gun's going to shoot. You're worried about how fast you can shoot it and and how fast you know, what you can do with it. You worry about your performance and not the performance of the gun. You know, to that point, Billy, you and I talked a little bit about this here, I don't know, a couple months or so ago. I was training, uh, still am training a, a youth shooter that he is doing exceptionally well. But every, I don't know if it's been, you know, 30, 50 rounds, it had a malfunction and whatnot. So I reached out to Billy, we sent him his gun, and and he received that gun back probably three months ago, and I think he's put about fifteen, maybe twenty thousand rounds through it without a single bell function since it went to you, Billy. And you know, you're not the uh, it, he's not the first person, he's not the last person that I've sent ten twenty twos your way. So I appreciate you helping helping those folks out. But it's it's an amazing service, and you know, I'm sure at another time. Billy can go through all the detail of what he does or what's the secret sauce, but you know, he's got it. He's really got it figured out. So some of those pesky 1022s that you get from Walmart or some other company for, you know, one ninety nine ninety nine, send it to Billy. And he'll put some loving in it and uh, it'll, it'll run like a run, like an absolute demon. Well, we always hope so, but you know, I, I have an advantage in the fact that, that I am a small shop. And because of that, I, uh, you know, the only thing I work on is, uh, you know, a few particular 22s. And, uh, you know, I get requests every day for somebody to send me, a, um, uh, you know, a shotgun for this or send me their AR or send me something else to work on. But the thing is, is uh, my workload, it won't allow it. 
but being being very specialized in in the field that I work in, it uh, it gives me a lot of opportunity to become uh, you know uh, very knowledgeable of that of that product. So so a lot of times when people can tell me what the gun's doing, by the time the gun gets here, I already know what the problem is, and. Um, and it's you know occasionally I, I don't fix it. it. It's pretty rare, I think. But uh, but in most cases, I, I'm able to to get the guns running like they like they expect them to run. The um, the other thing is is you know with that I um, I have a uh, good you know good relationship with Tandem Cross, Volcorcer, and Tactical Solutions, and um, and I supply. I mean I keep. Uh, pretty much every part for those guns on hand. So when I do release that spring across the room, <laughs> I already have another one right there to, you know, put in it. And uh, if somebody brings me a Springfield XD and uh, I'm looking at it, and it it's, it's great to me because I don't work on them every day. I used to, but, you know, I, I certainly would never think I was as, as savvy as, uh, as Springer Precision or somebody that, that that's what they do. It's uh, it's getting that that focused knowledge, um, that that really helps you know helps me produce guns that do what they're supposed to do. Okay, so Steve, I'm going to test out this this theory. So so Billy, when I try to shoot as fast as Grant, I miss the plates. What's wrong with my gun? <laughs> well, what the, the problem is is you have a separation between your thinking power and your running gear. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's the most politely I've ever heard that put, Jeff. Exactly. He's such a gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's 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 my that's my problem is when I try to reach Grant speed, my finger goes stupid. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, Billy, um, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? I know you've got Facebook, and I'm I'm old, so I don't have Instagram and all the other ones. I'm just on Facebook. But uh, uh, where where's the best way for them to get a hold of you if uh, if they've got problems or they want to look at your uh, products? Well, the best way is to email me, uh, and uh, all my email and stuff is on my website at uh, striplingcustom.com. Uh, but but my phone number is on there. You're welcome to call me, text me, message me on Facebook. Um, you know, that's the thing. That, the problem is, is uh, sometimes I miss messages on Facebook, and uh, uh, the that's why I say the best way is to email me because because uh, I'm really really uh, religious about checking my emails and getting back with people as quick as I can. Um, I think a lot of people will tell you that they've received emails from me at two o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night because that's just when I happen to get to my email. But, um, but yeah, that is, if you need my contact information, it's on my website. Excellent. Hey, Jeff, Billy, is, you. is there anything else you'd like to share to our li with our listeners uh, for on this on this podcast? Well, you know, again, I. Uh, and you thank me a lot for for what I do with the uh, uh, sponsoring matches and stuff. But but it really uh, uh, what I want to do is I want to personally thank all the match directors and the staff at the matches because man, those are the hardest working, most underpaid people you will ever meet, and uh, and the biggest majority of them are the best people you will ever meet. And I just want to personally thank every one of them for what they do. Nice sentiment.
Nice sentiment. That's nice. Steve, you got anything else for Billy? No, I was just going to say real quick, uh, Jeff, the first time I met Billy and his daughter Christina was at the 2016, I think it was at the Alabama State NSSF match. You know, I'm walking in with my uh, my polo shirt on and my shorts and not knowing anything before I was a sponsored shooter. And somehow, and I'm sure everybody was kind of like, who's this guy? So it was a whole tandem cross squad. Eric Paulson was there with his daughter. And, and Billy, your daughter, I think, was sponsored at tandem cross at the time. And Matthew Langston was there and a couple other folks. And so, you know, it, it, to be – I think that was the first match I ever went out of state to, to shoot and just how welcoming, you know, Billy, you were and, and your family and man, it, it just meant a lot to me. And I remember that day, like it was yesterday. So, you know, if anybody out there listening to this podcast has never shot a uh, rimfire challenge or steel challenge, don't be, don't be shy. Don't be bashful. There's a lot of great people in the sport uh, in the sport that will help support you you know, if you find somebody that's got a jersey on, it's a triple custom gunwork, steel target paint, you know, uh, tandem cross, tactical solutions, Volkortsen, walk up to them. It doesn't, you know, don't be intimidated by how fast they shoot and all that kind of stuff. If you need help or want some question questions answered, walk up to them and you'll find some of the nicest people in the sport. But, Jeff, I remember that day like it was yesterday. Good times. Yep, that's awesome. Well, yeah. Yeah, I remember it too because Steve Foster just handily put a whooping on me that day. <laughs> I, think that be, I think that might be the last match I shot. I think I said, "Nope, I'm done now." This old boy showed up in a polo and shorts and spanked me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I'll just retire. <laughs> hey, let me see your gun there, Steve. That looks really nice. Smash, smash. Used, used to work. <laughs> oh, did I do that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, well, very good. So thanks for being on the podcast, Billy. It's always fun talking with you. We really appreciate everything you put out for the community and your support of the community. And uh, it's just, it's just really great. You know, again, um, uh, running a team is, uh, is, uh, is important, uh, not only for the, for the shooters, but, uh, you know, your sentiment about, um, it's really not about how well they shoot. It's the person that they are. And when we hear that time and time again, um, Steve has asked that question of many of our uh, uh, guests, and and it, it comes back to that same thing. It has nothing to do with, or very little to do with, with how good a shooter you are. It's it's more about how good a person you are, and uh, you've definitely got those people on your team. So congratulations for that. Well, yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to add one more thing on that 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 I feel like needs to be said. Okay. And uh, so if you're a youth shooter and you're out there think just getting started and you think that, uh, you know, one day you might want to wear somebody's jersey and uh, and I can I'm pretty sure I can speak from about every company that's out there. If you're not going down and painting targets, if you're not putting the effort in, if you're sitting on your hiney while 65 year old seniors are walking back and forth down there painting targets, I'm going to hear about it. And and that day that and that day that you come up and say say hey you know I, I I've been really good I'm I, you know I just won the worlds and I'm gonna say yeah but nobody liked you <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so so you know it's just not gonna happen so not 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 with my company 
and yeah. uh, and I know quite a few of the others that feel the same way. So it's not it's not about it's not about how fast you are when it comes to wearing a, some a, a company's jersey. It's about what the people around you think, and uh, people that don't paint they don't get thought of very highly. Nice sentiment. Very so true. Anyway. Very true. Good, good call, Billy. Good call. All right, All right so, man. Well, uh, no, go ahead. I've got projects. So, yeah. Uh, but again, I I really enjoy y'all's podcast. I, I try to watch it every week, and uh, and uh, I get a good kick out of it. And and y'all do a great job. Very informative. Well, thank you, thank you. We Thanks, Billy. Fun. Appreciate you being on, brother. Yes, well, sir. Y'all have a good evening. One. That was <laughs> Can we keep talking over each other? Don't cut this out. Leave this out. This is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Somebody told me this was going to be about fishing, so I really wasn't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Chili. That was oh, Big Al. I got a whole that was Big Al, yeah. I, I, got whole, I, got whole, I got a whole rack of fishing lures and pictures here I was going to, you know, talk about. But, hey. <laughs> All right. Well, you right, Billy, we'll and, uh, and and uh, man, I tell you what, the World Championship this year is going to be something to see. Yes, sir. Um, it's going to be fast. Cole and Grant and, and Chris Barrett, man, that it's going to be something to see. I, yes, I expect uh, you. I, I would be willing to bet money that you see a, a fifty nine or less. Man, Woo. that's going to be crazy if it gets there. I, I I believe it will. I feel like it will, and and I and especially the 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 three kids I just mentioned, they're putting in the time. They're working oh, yeah. on it, and they want to oh, yeah. they want to make it happen. So yeah, I, bet, it's gonna I may be have cool. to come to I may have to come to Arkansas after that, so you can teach me how to fish because I got to pick up a new game. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what we're going to have to start in a, an adult class. We're going to have to have you know. <laughs> we're gonna move. We, we need to move senior to twenty four years old, <laughs> and then That's do a right. super senior and a super super senior. <laughs> but, a forty year old protected but, class. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, y'all have a good evening, and uh, and thanks for inviting me. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate it. You bet. Well, Steve, that was another good one. Why don't you share that uh, wonderful uh, coupon code for rangestore.net? Yeah, head out to uh, rangestore.net and use discount code STPODCAST10 for 10% off all your shooting goodies. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. And don't forget, one shot, one steal.